For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hey everybody, we're back talking to Joe Carter all this week. Um, Joe, as we've been talking about uh, spiritual habits and uh, said that you have, you know, 30 listed in the book. Uh, and so zooming in on one habit, uh, the habit of character formation, uh, you list three things that need to come together for a behavior to occur. And that's motivation, ability, and a cue. Uh, would you talk us through those a bit and just kind of explain some of that? Yeah, every, every habit starts with a behavioral pattern called the habit loop which consists of a cue, a routine, and a reward. Uh, the cue is a type of trigger that tells your brain to go into an automatic mode and begin the routine, which is the, whatever the behavior is. The behavior is. And the final step is a reward, an inter- internal or external stimulus that satisfies your brain and it tells it to remember the habit loop as something positive. So, for example, one of the most frequently practiced habits that we have is just brushing our teeth. And we have a cue, such as getting ready to go to bed at night or waking up in the morning, that initiates the routine, which is, you know, put the toothpaste on the brush and brush your teeth. And that ends with a reward, which is the, you know, the fresh, clean feeling you have in the, in, uh, the results from brushing your teeth. And our spiritual mm-hmm. habits are a lot like this. They're created in much the same way, through, and though often the rewards are usually internal and intangible. They're not so open habits are. Yeah, that's helpful. And again, just kind of applying that to something basic as brushing our teeth. Um, that, that, you know, it's just, it's a habit we do. We don't think a whole lot about it and we don't think about the reward necessarily. Um, uh, but, uh, but all those people that we talk to are obviously uh, <laughs> appreciating the reward of fresh breath. Um, but, but that's good. That's helpful to think of it in that way and think about how all the different, uh, how, how it's, there's some similarities between our spiritual, um, habits. Um, and so Joe, you also have a model for self-assessment. Uh, that people can find in the Life Hacks Bible. Could you could you explain that a bit more and why you think that's important for so many habits? Well, throughout church history, Christians have considered Paul's command to think think of yourself with sober judgment as as a necessary part of aspect of spiritual formation, and to possess such self knowledge to really know ourselves, considered by many spiritual writers to be necessary for wisdom, humility, and just overall spiritual freedom. So the the approach I commend in the book is to to apply self-reflection to the individual disciplines, to gauge where you're doing well and where you need improvement. And I try to include some uh, a definition of what the discipline is and some questions to kind of reflect on it. But I think that's just to spark people to get the process of thinking, what does my prayer life look like? What am I doing? What could I be improving on? And by consistently and regularly reflecting on things, I think we can make the, the habits and practices a lot more um, we become more serious about them when we really know where we stand with them rather than just assuming that they're working out as they should. Hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's helpful. I mean, self-assessment is is vital. It's often not practiced, and I admit I don't you know, practice it that uh, consistently. Um, but uh, I'm just finishing up William P. Farley's book, Gospel-Powered uh, Humility. Um, and just thinking of, you know, I think uh, when we hear the word self-assessment, that's a you know a phrase that might assault our pride a little bit, um, <laughs> because again, it's it's getting us to 
thinking about ways in which we can improve and you know assessing the ways in which we're, we're failing and so uh, like you said those questions just kind of um, help you know begin to peel back the layers and get us to think about ways in which we're uh, struggling and um, uh, anyway I, I think that's just helpful um, and then so Joe maybe kind of along those lines what, what have been some of the most helpful practices uh, that has that have assisted you in breaking negative habits because I know I think you've got a specific article in there on um, just dealing with negative habits and how to break them and so what have been some helpful practices uh, that have assisted you uh, in breaking this yeah well before I can answer I, I probably should make a distinction between a negative habit and sinful habit. Mm. a sinful habit so those habits that are always forbidden by God mm. so a sinful habit would be like looking at porn that's that's always something you should never do you should never develop the habit mm-hmm. negative habits tend to be things that are just more imprudent. Uh, the things that kind of keep us from practicing our spiritual formation like we should. And for example, a simple example is um, I found that consuming a lot of sugar is just a negative habit for me mm. because after the sugar wears off, I become lethargic. I become less focused on the task that God has given me. So I, I you know, decided, well, I need to cut out sugar from my life. And overall, I found that the best way to replace a negative habit like that is to re- instead of just trying to break it, replace it with a more positive habit. So when I decided to consume less sugar, I replaced it with healthier snack options that may give me more, more energy throughout the day. I can have more you know, energy for prayer and for reading my Bible and things like that. So that just the, instead of just trying to uh, find a way just to will, willpower and you know, uh, break through the habit is to try to replace it with something better. Uh, it fills both your time and it fills that space in your brain that uh, has that already developed habit loop. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a helpful distinction uh, to, to draw the line between a sinful habit and a negative habit. Um, so maybe you can help me uh, break my addiction to Sour Patch Kids uh, sometimes. <laughs> um, but no, that, that's that's a helpful uh, distinction. Um, and kind of along those lines, I can remember it in Kevin DeYoung's uh, book, Crazy Busy. Uh, he talks about a keystone habit, which I think is, is from the book, uh, The Power of Habit. Um, and he talks about, you know, this keystone habit being that one habit that kind of, um, you know, if, if you, if you lose that habit, kind of all the daily habits that you have in place will kind of fall like, like dominoes. And so this is that one kind of foundational, um, habit or and discipline. And so just kind of thinking personally, is there one daily discipline uh, that's foundational to all of your disciplines or, or one discipline you would encourage others to, um, try to help keep, uh, you know, keep other things in perspective and focus? Well, I would say what is uh, a meta discipline is a kind of a discipline that helps you with all the other discipline is to really take control of your schedule and plan out your day. Because I've found that people, when they say, well, I don't have time to read my Bible. Well, where is it in your schedule? Well, it's not even on my schedule. Where's prayer on your mm-hmm. schedule? It's not on your schedule. If you actually look through your schedule and plan out, here's where I'm going to do this throughout my day. Here's when I'm going to pray. Here's when I'm going to read my Bible. Here's where I'm going to go talk to others about Jesus. If you actually put those on your schedule along with everything else, you'll find time for them. You'll, and it kind of makes habits easier to develop. Because if they're not anywhere on your – if they're just something you hope to get to at the end of the day, you'll never do them. And they'll never become habits. So uh, a practice of really taking control of your schedule and planning these habits and disciplines in there is probably the key habit, I think, for uh, developing long-term consistent habits. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great idea. Just uh, thinking in terms of a meta habit um, and schedule just impacting so much because you think of 
you know, putting down a lunch appointment with somebody and all of these other things that make it on our schedule. Um, well, as Christians, we do believe, you know, as we've said earlier, you know, Bible reading and prayer are, uh, you know, the two most vital uh, spiritual um, habits. And so if they're that important, it it's helpful to put them on the schedule. And I know that can seem kind of counterproductive to some, or it seems like it's less spiritual to do that. But um, like you said, it's just kind of a practical way to think about it and, and helpful to ensure that we accomplish it. Um, so that's really good. Anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, I would say that um, I've, I've talked before about if an alien were to come to the earth and to watch you for a week and they couldn't talk to you, they just w- observe what you do. How would they determine you're a Christian? Are they seeing you engage in spiritual disciplines? Are they seeing you engage others in love? Um, and I think the reason they don't would see that is because we just don't have it in our schedules. It's just not something on there. And I think you're right. People think, well, that's not spiritual enough when I got to put it in my schedule. But if you're not doing it, you need some kind of um, impetus, some kind of structure in place to get you to have where you don't need that, that it just comes second nature to you. Mm. Yeah, very, very helpful. Thanks again, Joe.